Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. American woman, listen what I say. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I don't know how many times you heard that over the last couple of weeks thinking it's not actually Amy Lawrence and yet here I am. Good morning to you. It's so good to be back. I hope you can hear the joy in my face. In my face. I hope you can feel the joy in my voice that's actually on my face even though you can't see my face. (laughs) You know what? I need to get back in the saddle a little more. Uh, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. And I will admit to some jitters on this first show back just because it matters to me so much. Uh, and I really do miss it when I'm gone. This is the longest stretch that I've been off the radio since 2010 when I was in Africa for a humanitarian trip for a couple of weeks. So not since then have I been away for nearly two weeks. And the butterflies, the jitters, the nerves, it's all because it really matters to me and I'm excited to catch up with you. I did not look at social media, either Twitter or Facebook, for over a week. It was part of just taking a break and enjoying being a wife for the first time, uh, the only time, uh, for the first week of being married. We just really wanted to get away from any outside stuff and enjoy a couple of days away on Lake Conroe. For those of you who are familiar with the Houston area, it's north of Houston, a real nice lake, horseback riding kayaking we had an airbnb right on the lake and a double decker deck so it was actually a a tiny house which was fine for us we had a double decker deck off of this little tiny house though and the upstairs had a gorgeous view of the stars and so we we're able to to enjoy some stargazing and also s'mores. Bob promised me s'mores on our mini moon and we did one night with a fire pit and s'mores that was so much fun 
<laughs> we just really enjoyed a couple days away, but then it was right back at it with the errands and wedding stuff that had to be returned from whence we borrowed it. Uh, and also celebrating Christmas with our two sides of the family. My first time ever doing this before. I've never had to split a holiday before, but it was it was neat to be able to spend the first Christmas with his extended family. So 16 of us. And then with my mom and her husband, we did church on Christmas Eve uh, and we're able to spend a quiet Christmas Eve night uh, into Christmas Day. We played cards. We did a puzzle. We watched some football. Gosh, we introduced all the dogs to one another. <laughs> so finally, Daisy and Penny have met. And if I can't tell because I'm on the other side of the house, but I think the three of them, the hubs and the two pups are all sleeping in the same room, probably conked out while I earn the big bucks, while I bring home the money. Yeah, it's it's that's overstating it. And I'm joking, of course. Uh, Bob will get back to work in just a few hours, actually. So we're both going back to work for a few days until we are ready to pack up trucks and trailer and dogs and belongings and head to New Jersey. So we'll be there by New Year's Eve, actually. So there's still a lot of work to be done, but I'm glad to be back with you. Thank you so much for all the messages. I did not read them when you sent them. Well, they're coming in even now on social media. But thank you for all the kind words about December 17th, 2023, which will forever be my wedding anniversary. And we were giddy and uh, giggled and got all googly-eyed over one week. (laughs) There are flowers with me, wedding flowers with me here in the After Hours Super Secret Home Base. Uh, So if you'd like to check them out and see them, many of you were concerned with me, even prayed with me over these flowers that were two weeks late arriving in Texas. But they did show up in the nick of time. And our friend who decorated, her name is Marissa, she put together some beautiful arrangements. And these are the ones that were in the chapel with us uh, that they were up on the stage on the the doors that Bob built from scratch for our wedding ceremony so you can check those out the colors are, are they're stunning I still love them the flowers were perfect we got our photos taken in front of these flowers and the doors uh, and there will be more photos to come but these are the ones that I took because they're behind me here in the after hours super secret home base uh, so you can find me on Twitter a law radio and then also on our Facebook page after hours with Amy Lawrence I'll sprinkle in some more photos from our first week of being married but for now This is what you get because you were so concerned about the flowers and that really means a lot to me. There are now photos to prove that they are real and they are spectacular. We've been talking a lot about football because I was gone for two NFL Sundays. May never happen again in the rest of my life. Uh, But I was gone for two NFL Sundays and a lot of catching up to do. But it's been fun as the dust settles on week 16 to kind of look back. Now, I'm going to readily admit to you The color of my flowers have absolutely nothing to do with a sports team or any logo or any color of any uniform out there. But some of you have noted that as I post the photo in the last couple hours, that it is very appropriate for what we saw on Monday evening. Ravens on the road at the 49ers and it was lopsided. Jackson lines up in the gun. Two receivers right. Here's the snap. Fake the toss. Right throw. Down the middle to the end zone. Flowers all alone. Touchdown, Ravens. 
Zay Flowers in the middle of the end zone, nine yards deep, was all by his lonesome. Purdy under center takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, nothing there, wrapped up, sacked again. They got him down back around the 31, Jadavian Clowney gets home for the Ravens. It'll be second down and about 13 after a loss of three, and now Purdy is slow getting up. He's down on his right knee, and they're coming out to look at him. Fourth down and goal. Darnold in the gun. Three receivers right, one left. Here's the snap. Darnold back, looking, throws down the middle of the field. Intercepted by the Ravens. It's picked off by Marcus Williams. Back across the 20-yard line on the far side. He tumbles down, and the Baltimore Ravens are going to win the game. Their fifth interception of the night seals it. Ryan Radke on Westwood One. And yeah, if you didn't see the game, maybe you're on the road or you were taking Christmas night with family or friends or fun of another sort. The defense, the defense was brilliant, starting with the Kyle Hamilton interception in the end zone. That was really the most damaging one. Kyle duped him. Uh, Brock did not see him or maybe was locked in on his receiver, but threw a ball that Hamilton flies in, snags off Purdy in the end zone and after that you had all manner of interception you had one that was tipped at the line of scrimmage you had another one uh that because he had the pressure on him and his arm was hit it was a floater that got picked off as well four interceptions for Brock Purdy his worst game as a pro and this was a statement by the Ravens certainly on defense but overall to see what they were able to do and how they were able to capitalize once they got these uh, interceptions so a five nothing turnover margin for the Ravens over the Niners and even though San Francisco ends up with more yards even though San Francisco ends up uh, with well a lot more penalties but a better third down third and fourth down ratio seven of 17 for them only five of 12 for Baltimore the grits and the guts and the defensive performance and putting enough pressure on Brock Purdy that these mistakes were made. Not all on him. I mean, when his arm is hit at the line of scrimmage, or in the pocket, I should say, uh, how about offering him some protection? Uh, A ball that gets tipped and up in the air and just a great play made by the Ravens defense. Really impressive to see them go now 7-1 and on the road and move to best record in the NFL and Maybe, just maybe, they won't be underdogs again moving forward. I mean, I really don't care about the favorites, you know. Um, that's a great team, though. You don't take anything away from them, you know, defense, offense, and special team as well. But I, I pretty much like it that way, you know, just being underdogs. I don't want people looking at us like, oh, we need them to go and do this and that. You know, um, I like playing as the underdog, and I feel like we have more success being that way. I thought Lamar had an MVP performance tonight. You know, uh, he, uh, it takes a team to, uh, to create a performance like that, but it takes a player to play at that level, to, to, to play at an MVP level. It takes a player to play that way, and Lamar was all over the field doing everything. He operated a, a pretty complicated game plan. I thought Todd and the coaches deserve a lot of credit for the game plan. Lamar operated. He made decisions on the field. And then just keeping plays alive, trusting his offensive line. The offensive line was outstanding with the protection. Lamar trusted those guys. He kept plays alive. He moved in the pocket. He created space for the for the coverage guys. Our guys did a great job of, of scramble drill, of getting open. I think we had a new, new number of plays that were extended that were big plays for us. So just a complete game by Lamar. 
Have you noticed that John Harbaugh never seems to have a bad day anymore? Maybe he's past that point in his career where he sweats the small stuff. Uh, But we know from him that Lamar Jackson gave him kind of a new lease on his career, similar to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and that rejuvenation, that excitement, something different, something fresh, a brand new challenge, but also the energy and the the. I mean, just the dazzling nature of what Lamar can do. Now, we don't see as much of the run plays, the designed run plays, uh, or even the scrambling as much. He's a different type of quarterback, and that is by necessity, but it's also by virtue of the change at offensive coordinator. Todd Munkin now in his first year is the OC there, and they're a little more creative. They're not as one-dimensional. As I say that, of course, uh, Lamar ends up leading the team in rushing. Uh, but certainly the way that he has the, the threat of the run that can still impact defenses, uh, he still can be such a load to bring down the the jukes and the the vision and his elusiveness. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun to watch, even when it's fewer and farther between those moments. But if you're watching the end of the first half, and the Ravens were only up 16-12 at the half, but they end up getting this late interception and a field goal, and it was a third and 16 maybe. I'd have to go back and look, but I think it was a third and 16. They're in the final 30 seconds, maybe even the final 20 seconds of the first half, and Lamar escapes first to the right and then back to the left and then through traffic and then around a couple of tacklers and somehow manages to move the chains 30 yards down the field to set up a chip shot field goal at the end of the half. And so he can still high step and he can still elude tacklers. He can still take the hits and and find a way to keep moving forward. It's not what the Ravens want on a regular basis. They don't want as many as those of those design runs. They don't want Lamar taking a bunch of hits. They don't want an offense that becomes so one-dimensional that when you have a real tough physical defensive line that you're facing that it can be kind of lopsided and it can be harder for him to find room and again not to mention the hits uh remember finishing the last couple of years injured and so they don't want that for Lamar Jackson but I love the creativity and the freedom now and the nature of the offense that keeps defenses guessing and he really can do it all is he the MVP not sure about that. I honestly don't know which way this is going to go. Uh, I think that there will be a fair number of voters who will look his way and cast votes for him. But I also know that his numbers aren't as gaudy as, say, a Josh Allen. Now, if the Bills miss the playoffs, Josh Allen and his MVP status take a hit. Brock Purdy's MVP status took a hit last night with this four-interception game. The one that he was off on was the first one. Just read the coverage wrong and didn't expect someone to be back there and made a bad decision on the first one. Um, second one, um, corner made a hell of a play blitzing. He couldn't get it over him. The guy tipped it and ended up making it to himself. Uh, the third one, scrambling. I didn't really see what happened on it. I mean, I saw the end result. I don't know what happened on the ball, whether 14 made a play, whether they both hit it at the same time. Kyle Shanahan's not worried about Brock Purdy. His teammates aren't worried about Brock. But certainly, it's really tough to win a game, even if you're at home, when you've got a 5 nothing turnover margin. And the fact that these interceptions came early, three of them early, is rough. Put them in a tough position. They weren't out of it, but just kept making the type of mistakes that we don't generally see from Purdy in bunches. 
It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning to you. Merry Christmas. I hope you had a great Christmas weekend. Glad to be back with you. Uh, Have not shared a lot of details about the wedding. We'll do that at some point uh, over the next week and a half, probably after New Year's. But happy that producer Manny is with us for the rest of this show and then on through the next couple nights. I will be with you on New Year's Eve as well as New Year's night following college football playoff. This is the best time of the year. We're going into the best eight weeks of the entire football season. Cannot wait. Uh, The Ravens now have the best record in the NFL. In the entire NFL. They are 12-3. and The only team with a dozen wins. But they've got... Even though they have clinched a playoff spot, they've still got some competition for the North Division title that comes in the form of the <clears throat> Cleveland Browns. Flacco the snap, surveys the field, launching, end zone, it is caught! Touchdown, David Najuku! 21 yards! First and goal from the seventh, Flacco, gun, waiting for it, three on the play clock, pumps the leg, takes the snap. Flacco firing into the end zone. Cooper, touch down! <laughs> Amari Cooper does it again! Flacco from under center. Bryant in motion. Give to Kareem Hunt. Pushing, pushing, touch down! Kareem Hunt! And he does push ups in the end zone. The Browns extend the lead to 34 7. This was the game that I was watching, or that we had locally on Sunday. Uh, the Browns at the Texans, and without C.J. Stroud, um, should be back by the end of the season, but without C.J. Stroud, the Texans' defense, or the Texans, excuse me, the Texans' offense limited, so the defense had to do a much better job than what they did against the Browns. And I know D'Amico Ryan's defense is growing, it's learning, um, but the Browns are flexing their muscles now, and Amari Cooper's season is turning into one to remember. Turned out to be the biggest day for a Browns receiver in their franchise history. 265 yards receiving, two touchdowns, a two-point conversion, and he starts out with a 53-yard catch on what was really the first play of the game. Actually thought that he might end up with 300 yards, but 265 it is which pushes him past Josh Gordon for most ever in a single day for a Brown in what was a a game that again served notice that this is not just about Deshaun Watson they can win without him we've known that uh, but it's about the other guys the other veterans on this roster whether it's defense whether it's offense how about a Joe Flacco who steps in I don't know if he has enough games or enough equity this season to become comeback player of the year in the NFL, but man, he's got to be considered. Uh, And so to have that connection between Joe and Amari Cooper, what a weapon, what a force to be recognized, especially after week 16. Obviously as a receiver, you always want to make big plays early. You want to touch the ball, you know, um, as soon as you can. Um, So from the first play of the game, when we saw the game plan uh, yesterday, um, I knew I had a chance to get that ball, um, you know, based on the coverages that they play. And uh, it kind of worked out how I expected it to. Yeah, He's so smart. He's been around a long time. He pays attention to detail. I know he's fought through some injuries, but uh, Amari Cooper and Joe Flacco, the, the, 
I guess you could say Amari Cooper might end up being comeback player of the year too, or at least a candidate. But the fact that these are the two that are setting the tone on offense for the Cleveland Browns blows my mind. Deshaun Watson's been out most of the year. He was on and off the field early. Uh, we remember Nick Chubb was lost in week one. Uh, that was a devastating blow. And yet the Browns have... They're gritty, they're gutsy, they're tough, and they're physical. Jerome Ford's been awesome this year. Of course, they they had to finagle, shoehorn a solution at quarterback after it didn't really work with Dorian Thompson-Robinson or they didn't get what they needed from him. To be able to have Joe Flacco out there, I know this sounds crazy, but it's a luxury because of the veteran nature of of not just him at that position, but also his knowledge of the AFC North after all those years in Baltimore. So, it's crazy what he's done. Yeah, you take a couple of picks with him, um, but the fact that they had they had the breathing room and they had the buffer right when they were playing against the Texans in Houston on Sunday, and so here they are at ten and five, and they are still alive for not just a playoff spot, but even slim hopes there on the AFC North division title. They have only made one playoff appearance in the last 21 years. They're, I don't want to say lock because I don't believe in locks or guarantees, uh, but they have put themselves in a phenomenal position. And only the third time since 99 in the rebirth of the franchise where they've had double-figure wins. Awesome to see the Browns fan base rally around this team that doesn't look anything like what they expected at the beginning of the year on offense and now win Thursday against the New York Jets and they can punch that ticket to the playoffs but again the Amari Cooper and the way that he has he has become such a not just a veteran force on the offense, but a steadying influence and a guy that's used his skills uh, again here to to kind of be someone that they can go to when they need a catch, when they need to move the chains, right? Amari Cooper's been so reliable this season, and that part is amazing. And, man, he actually thought that he could end up with even more yards than what he did on Sunday. Just the rhythm of the game, the way it was flowing, uh, I felt very confident that I could get, you know, 300. I'm not going to lie to you, I mean. (laughs) But it was cool. It was cool. I'm glad we got the dub. He's a consummate pro. I mean, he's, he's the, one of the best I've ever been around. Uh, the way he know what he knows about this game, the way he sees this game, he, he's like a savant out there. Uh, <laughs> and combine that with the route running ability, you know, he's one of, he's one of this team's uh, leaders. These guys love Omari uh, and to see him come through is awesome. A savant. No one's ever called me a savant at anything. <laughs> So, yeah, what a game for Amari Cooper, for the Browns, the defense. Uh, again, the Joe Flacco wrinkle here is crazy. And as for Houston, C.J. Stroud continuing uh, in concussion protocol. Case Keenum started. He got replaced by Davis Mills. I mean, Keenum just adds to this record number of starters at quarterback this season in the NFL. And so Houston really struggled on Sunday, didn't have any points on offense until the fourth quarter. And right now hanging on by a thread when it comes to the playoff standings in the AFC because of how thick it is and how competitive. So we'll go through what we know as the dust settles on week 16. Thanks so much for joining us on this 
morning post-Christmas. Wow, it's crazy, right? But full speed ahead to the new year. Find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio, also on our Facebook page. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Goff is going to go empty out of the gun. Jarrett takes the snap back, looking, looking, throwing, middle, caught, touchdown, Detroit Lions. Amon Ross, St. Brown, and the Lions have the lead back. Goff takes the snap, turns, gives to Jameer, running right to the house, touchdown, Detroit Lions, untouched. <laughs> they just opened it for 26, and he found it. 58 seconds to go, clock will start on the snap. Mullins takes the shotgun snap, he's back. Mullins looking, pressure comes, stepping up, looking, throwing deep downfield. It is picked up by the Lions, intercepted, coming back the other way. Ifatu Malafanwu, this is going to be over. Lions are going to win it. Lions are bringing the NFC North title back to Detroit. The fourth interception of the day delivers for the Detroit Lions. I'm pretty ecstatic, man. I, uh, You know, this is, um, this is special. This is special, but... You know, like I said, it's a special group, and um, this is just the beginning. We feel that way. So, there again, I, I couldn't be more proud of the guys. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. An emotional and expressive Dan Campbell. Boy, there is no doubt he has changed the culture in Detroit. And Dan Miller on Lions Radio amazing 30 years gone by since the last time the lions were division champions and i'm sure you've heard it by now only four guys in the lions were even born roster i mean uh the last time they won a division crown they weren't in the nfc north the last time they won a division crown uh just a an awesome resurgence under dan campbell and long-suffering lions fans i am so happy for you merry christmas indeed it's after hours with amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. So while we're talking about the Lions and the playoffs, that's a new development from week 16. Looking at the NFC, it's strange. It's a weird bird, I'm telling you. Uh, Talk about even more enhanced than what we saw last year in the NFC. You remember last year in the East, we had three playoff teams. The Giants were a bit of a surprise. I think... What did they go last year? Nine and seven, nine and eight. Don't quote me on that. I don't remember. Um, but I think they were nine wins. 
And so the Eagles and the Cowboys will return to the playoffs. The Giants will not. They've been officially eliminated. We know the Commanders are in store. A lot of changes. The Commanders are in line for a ton of turnover uh, because of the new ownership and wanting to start fresh. We already know they've begun to pull out the plants from the roots and to get ready for some some new seeds coming up in 2024, early in 24. But Eagles and Cowboys both in the playoffs. That division title is up for grab, but the Eagles end their losing skid on uh, Sunday, Monday. Monday, and so they are now back in the driver's seat there. The Lions have the same record as the Eagles and the Niners, though the Niners have the tiebreak over Philadelphia and... The Eagles have the tiebreak over the Lions. At this point, that's what you need to know. We've got three teams, 11 and four, Cowboys 10 and five. They've not uh, won, excuse me, they've not won since they beat the Eagles a couple of weekends ago. I know they want to go into this upcoming weekend and really these last two games playing better. But for me, what I continue to think about the Cowboys and see with the Cowboys is that they need the home field advantage and they were were in the running for it I guess still are technically but it's a longer shot now and they do not have the tie break over the Niners so they're a team that does not play the same on the road they've got to get that figured out they're a veteran team with veteran leadership that should not be the case but Sometimes teams take on weird personalities and we can't really explain it. Defense travels too, so it shouldn't be that way for the Cowboys, but they're much better at home. Uh, thank you, producer Manny. Giants went 9-7-1 and one last year, so I was in the vicinity. Uh, so right now, the Niners still have the nose in front for best record in the NFC. And with the different tie breaks, they're still in a position where they control their own fate. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But the rest of the NFC, it's just so different. This is the playoffs, which means, or it will be the playoffs. And it's the NFL, which means anything can and still uh, still happen all the time. We see it. Brock Purdy throwing four picks. I mean, things like uh, things like that. But the best teams can be embarrassed on any given Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Friday or Wednesday or Thursday. And so I don't want to say, hey, these are the only teams that are contenders in the NFC because it's just not true. But with the disparity between the top and the the rest, with the disparity in quarterback play, these are your teams that have established themselves. Niners, Lions, Cowboys, Eagles. Right now, if you're looking at the NFC, what you've got are the Buccaneers who are surging now. So they, they're above 500, and they're even talking about giving Baker Mayfield a long-term deal. I love it. The Bucks are the Bucks in the Bay love Baker. That's how it goes. Uh, Cowboys would be the five seed. Rams and Seahawks are both above 500. They would end up right now as the six and the seven. So three teams out of the NFC West would be in the playoffs. I mean, the Rams would be dangerous if they get in. They really could because of their explosive offense and, again, some of the veterans and the stars they've got on defense. Uh, the Seahawks, they'd be back in the playoffs. That's a big deal, uh, but have certainly fallen off. Vikings, Falcons, Packers, and Saints all still have a, a yeoman's 
That's the wrong. I was going to say Yeoman share, but I still get cliches. They all still have a fighting chance. There we go. At making the playoffs. Um, And there's a whole bunch of different tiebreakers that come into play here. Not ones that are worth talking about in the air. Even the Bears are still technically alive. Uh, They like what they've seen lately. Remember, they've got not just their own first round draft pick, but they also have the Panthers, uh, which at this point is going to be uber high. Uh, And so there's a bunch of teams still in the running, but Rams and Seahawks are the last two teams in the entire conference that are above 500. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. In the AFC, it's a lot more complex. Uh, The Ravens have the best record in the league, and right now we're sitting in the top spot in the AFC. They've got a game lead over the Dolphins. Okay, so Dolphins and Ravens, neither have clinched division titles, but right now they're both in the one and two spot. Chiefs, they continue with the mistakes, the miscues, the drop passes, the penalties, the turnovers, and even though they are likely to win the AFC West again, I don't like the bad taste. It's a bad taste right now. At 9 and 6, they just went they just fell back to 500 at Arrowhead. And remember, they've hosted five consecutive AFC Championship games at Arrowhead Stadium and they don't well, they haven't in the Patrick Mahomes era played on the road uh into in the postseason. So it's going to be all new for them. They're going to have to hit the road, Jack. Uh but It's more about how they're playing and just the fact that at some point the switch that you want to flip is really no longer available to you and these unhealthy habits, they follow you. The Jaguars, speaking of unhealthy, they are not healthy right now. They're still on top of the AFC South because the division is so bad, but they can't get out of their own way. They've lost, what is it, four in a row now, and Trevor Lawrence, who's got the shoulder mess. So we'll try to hear more about him uh, coming up this week. The Browns, just because of the division they play in, the AFC North is so stacked, they would be in the five seed. The Bills would be in at six. The Colts, what? Stop it. The Colts would be in at number seven over the Texans, Steelers, and Bengals, who all have the same record as the Colts. They're all eight and seven. Raiders and Broncos are still alive, crazy enough. So the AFC is just, it makes your head spin, uh, but it's awesome. You want to talk about playoffs that could just be dynamic uh, and also no idea what to expect. Uh, That's where we are. Now, speaking of the Jaguars, uh, we'll talk about them a little bit coming up after the break because of what they're dealing with right now and not what we expected coming out of the end of last season. So on Twitter, A-Law Radio, also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, some new photos of flowers, wedding flowers, if you will. Uh, Glad to have you with us on this December 26th. It's a Tuesday morning. I keep having to to remind and remember. Let's see. Oh, something else I have to do. Here's our latest sports update. And here's Peter Schwartz. First down and goal. Bucks lead 3-0. Wanting to add to it after the Devin White interception of Trevor Lawrence. Godwin on the right edge. To the left is Evans. Dropping back to throw. Maybe throws a far start. Drop ball. Mike Evans. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons. Bucks take a 9-0 lead. 
to nothing lead. Here's the snap on first down from the 22. Mayfield throws toward the end zone. Caught ball! Mike Evans, touchdown Tampa Bay! Evans has two today! Merry Christmas, Michael! And the quick handoff to Rashad White. Wiggles to his right. He's in. He's in. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Buccaneers have scored three touchdowns off Jaguar turnovers and lead 26 to nothing. That's bothering me. Um, we're going to check it out tomorrow, um, I'm sure. So have more later on in the week. So um, hopefully nothing nothing major. But, yeah, it's, it's bugging me right now. It says a lot about the group that we have, about the coaches that haven't wavered on the game plans, haven't wavered on uh, the foundation of our system, but then the guys trusting it at the same time. Run games come along, pass games obviously improved, and so it says a lot about the group that we, we've had that had gone through uh, a big rough patch there in, in the midseason. So to, to stick it out and win four in a row uh, and to be in control of our own destiny at this point is great. So that it says a lot about the character we have. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Oh, Baker is blissful and bubbly again. Well, really not that, but he does have that sly smile on his face. The one that we know well from the cocky Baker Mayfield that first was drafted number one overall and played for the Browns in the NFL. That guy took a hit. His confidence, maybe internally in terms of his ability to navigate football, did not accept that. He went on some kind of a crazy journey to get to where he is now as a quarterback of the Buccaneers replacing Tom Brady there in Tampa, and yet they want him to sign a long-term deal. That is the report. Uh, According to Todd Bowles, Baker's been outstanding in December. That's what you want from your quarterback. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Now, this is a tale of two South Division leaders who are going in opposite directions. The Jaguars are going the wrong way. And Trevor Lawrence, before you hear Baker Mayfield, Trevor talks about how his shoulder is hurting. Uh, And so he was not able to finish the game. And on top of the injury, there's the insult, right? Really embarrassing uh, that he... And the Jaguars have dropped their fourth in a row and that he couldn't find a rhythm and that, uh, you know, he ends up spending the fourth quarter on the bench. Again, shoulder injury notwithstanding. Uh, Fact is, they already had the turnovers and the Buccaneers already had the points off the turnovers. This is uh, a Jacksonville Jaguars team that surge to the AFC South division title a year ago by virtue of an incredibly strong finish. They appeared to be a team that was at least on the cusp of joining the elite in the AFC, and I know that changes every year. Yes, they are still atop that division, that incredibly weak South division, but it's not it's not enough separation that you're going to say confidently the Jaguars won't blow this okay so every team in the South Division lost this past weekend Jaguars with their four losses in a row in the uncertainty at quarterback considering their expectations for them to blow this in the South would be well maybe not foreign to Jaguars fans but would certainly be an epic disappointment it would be a waste of a year but I am so impressed. It's crazy how eight and seven can look like a miracle to some teams and some fan bases, but that same eight and seven record can be a massive disappointment for others, right? 
Colts and Texans, they're not supposed to be here. They're above 500 with rookie quarterbacks who right now neither one of them is on the field. And we won't see Anthony Richardson again. Still hoping to see C.J. Stroud in his return from this concussion protocol. But they've lost a ton of guys to injury. I mean, remember the whole Jonathan Taylor mess at the beginning for the Colts? Each one has a rookie head coach. And yet here they are. And a lot of that, again, has to do with the character of the locker room and the leaders, the voices that are speaking to them. Of course, C.J. Stroud's been an incredible revelation, but we haven't seen him for a couple of weeks. So Texans, Colts, Jaguars, all 8-7. and seven. And as I said before, Steelers and Bengals, also 8-7. and seven. What? 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 It's nutso in the AFC. This portion of the show brought to you by Wesley Financial. Are you stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. I was starting to think about some of the possible playoff matchups, and I know there's still a long way to go, so no one's matching up after Week 16. But there's a reason why we've got a a huge disparity in the NFC, right? Because you think about the quarterbacks who are still playing, the starting quarterbacks that we got at the beginning of the year who are still playing and are still healthy. Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff, yes, Baker Mayfield. I I mean, they're division leaders. Dak Prescott with the 10 wins for the Cowboys. Rams and Seahawks. You know, I know Geno Smith is not that upper echelon, but he brings a steadiness. And he certainly got a familiarity with the rest of the offense. But Matthew Stafford, once he got healthy and they have the tiebreak over Seattle based on the head-to-head this year, it's impressive. I mean, the Vikings scrapping, fighting, scratching, clawing uh, just to stay in the mix. I'm wondering what's going to happen in Atlanta. There's some major question marks there. Green Bay in the first year with Jordan Love, it's been, I know he's not a rookie quarterback, but it's been a lot like a rookie quarterback in his first full season starting. But I still do think that they're on the right path. The Saints, major disappointment because of Derek Carr taking over at quarterback and them being below 500. But the teams that have remained steady at QB are the teams that naturally have an advantage. And that's even more highlighted in the NFC. Again, Niners, Eagles, Lions, Buccaneers, Cowboys, even Rams and Seahawks now. After that, you're talking about a lot of different quarterback changes or guys that are new. Of course, Stafford was out for, what was it, one game, game and a half, something like that. In the AFC, again, seeing the ways that quarterback changes have affected the product on the field, or quarterback injuries have affected the product on the field. Now, that's no excuse for the Kansas City Chiefs, and really no excuse for anyone. But these QB injuries that we started to see from the very beginning, they have watered down the offense and will potentially affect the postseason, or at least the postseason bracket. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. I love what the Ravens have shown us this season. I love the grit. I love the fact that John Harbaugh is happy all the time. It's like Christmas all the time for John Harbaugh. It's kind of broken through to that place where he can enjoy this. 
He's not going to be unhealthy over football. And that does definitely impact the locker room. The Chiefs talked about them. The Eagles, it, it, crazy part, right? That they were both in the Super Bowl last year. And yet we've not seen either team play up to its potential this year. There's something to be said for pressure. Something to be said for high expectations. Now, granted, both these teams should be able to handle them. And at this point, they still have everything that they want ahead of them. Philadelphia was so good for the first two-thirds of this. Well, Philadelphia was the best team in the league by virtue of record for the first two-thirds of the season. But you get to this point, and it becomes more of a war of attrition. Survival. Not so much of the fittest, but just survival based on toughness, both mentally and physically. Based on who's still standing based on who can take their show on the road, who can rise to the occasion. I mean, it's all coming down to this now, which I love. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. First show back in nearly two weeks. I was nervous, had some jitters. That's good. It matters. It felt strange. I'm in the After Hours Super Secret Home Base, but we still got a lot of real estate before New Year, so we will make the most of it. Back with you tonight. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence right here on CBS Sports Radio. Boom! Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 